Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again for joining us Hello, on everyone. today's episode number four, numero cuatro. I'm your host or co-host, Neil Prasad. I'm joined by my colleague, Jason Rule. Hello, hello, everybody. It is Monday, April the 5th. It's a little after 9.30 p.m. And we are here today to take a closer look at some very pressing and timely topics. Um, for those of you who don't know, we are located in a suburb of Toronto, Canada. And we are approaching our third, or actually we're just in the mix of our third lockdown at present. Um, it is COVID times, and that's putting a yep. lot of strain on, um, on uh, small businesses and individuals uh, as a whole, but more specifically on the small business um, sector. And uh, Jay and I thought, you know, what would be a great topic for us to talk about is um, successful side hustles and uh, taking a closer look at how individuals can get started, maybe what some hesitations are for people to get started, and uh, maybe just a few ideas or concepts that people can go to market with and dabble yeah. on in order for them to explore uh, during this particular time, but also um, something that they've had a burning desire on that maybe they want to explore as they continue. Uh, there are six to, what is it, six to ten? It's usually five to nine, but I think it's a little bit later depending on what's going on. Um, so with that being said, Apple, Facebook, Instagram, Craigslist, Spanx. You didn't know that. Spanx. Spanx. Um, the common thread, they were all side hustles. Mm. Each one of them, right? Um, what, Jobs and uh, his cohort was working at Atari when they were uh, fooling around in that little garage of theirs when they started that small company called Apple. Yeah, um, yeah, making computers in their garage, I think it was Steve Wozniak. Wozniak, um, there you go. Wozniak and Jobs. Um, it, that's an interesting story. Obviously, many books written about Steve Jobs and that whole um, starting it in uh, the garage in, I don't know if it's Santa Clara or wherever they he grew up, and that whole... Um, lore that follows the Steve Jobs story. Um, the, the interesting part about it, again, you mentioned side hustle, is the, um, the ability to not only continue to grow the business and continue to stick with it um, despite all odds, but also to continue to um, push the envelope, right? And, and we'll talk about that as we uh, talk about the different side hustle opportunities and ideas that um, we're going to explore. Yeah. Um... Even Zucks, right? I mean, Zucks started yeah. this when he was in college. Yeah, trying to get girls, right? Wasn't it like uh, one of those ploys, you know, to impress a woman where he was uh, <laughs> not the um, most, um, the best way to do it, uh, rating women, right? That the whole Facebook of uh, rating women's appearances, not the most noble of ways to start uh, a side hustle, but, you know, it's one of those things that started innocently enough. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's interesting the way people come to sort of, uh, fruition right mm -hmm. i mean obviously with jobs and wozniak that was more or less uh within their uh their area of expertise right yeah uh, i don't know how you know advanced zucks was per se i mean obviously he had some great great uh allies in his uh, startup uh environment with his uh, with his roommates and things of that nature in order for them to program and develop the uh the software for what we know as today is uh, facebook yeah. Um, you know, even actually social media, like social media itself was something that really didn't exist until it was brought to the forefront by them. Right. Um, 
you know, being a media guy, Neil, you, you probably... Oh, uh, MySpace was there, right? MySpace was there before FaceMatch. <laughs> oh, of course, MySpace, you know, hashtag my, MySpace account, you know what I mean? Like MySpace and um, Google, uh, or not Google, AOL Messenger. It, was it called AOL Messenger? What was it called? AOL... Um, MSN Messenger. Was AOL. MSN Messenger. Yeah, I remember that. I don't know what AOL was. I was on oh, remember the- ICQ? Remember ICQ? Remember that? Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't into that, man. That ICQ was all numeric uh, codes and uh, kind of offshoot of phone numbers and that, oh, whatever that little sound was that it made. <laughs> I remember I was an ICQ guy, though. I definitely was MSN Messenger. Yeah. Um, I rocked that. And then when it started getting on mobile, oh, man, if we're talking social platforms, and, and maybe this is a separate pod or another conversation, but remember BlackBerry Messenger? Yeah, that remember, was election. That was life. Hey, at one point there was people in my circle that didn't get off blackberry because of blackberry messenger <laughs> even that's though it was available that, on ios and android well yeah that's how legit it was though right like that's how connected yeah. their i mean unfortunate story about blackberry you know but uh well they, had something they, didn't, they didn't they didn't they didn't excel and they didn't <clears throat> they didn't pivot right no no and, and that again is a a story of legend, right? The whole uh, consumers don't really want smartphones that are touchscreen. Consumers want keys. They want to be able to use their thumbs to type out messages. Typing on glass is not the same. You know, the, we, we can tell the, as Canadians, right? We can kind of comment and um, lament on the stories of BlackBerry and how BlackBerry was uh, the device of choice and the security leader and all the other things that they toted back in the day. But um, you know, bringing it back to, to social platforms, social media, and just that whole development and rise of social, um, you know, messaging as it pertains to things that kids and uh, adults and business people use now, that's a whole other rabbit hole that we could go down as it relates sure. to the different technologies, the different use cases, um, you know, some yeah, stories personally, cool. like what's the biggest deal you've ever done on WhatsApp, you know, in terms of uh, dollars and cents transactions, like there's, there's a bunch of different um, topics of interest that uh, come to mind when you talk about messaging platforms, et cetera. I'm just going to make a note, like we'll, we'll park that and we can take a closer look at the social selling, social media, sort of history, rise and fall, that kind of topic. Um, but staying on track here, I mean, obviously, um, did you know, do you know Craigslist got started? No, I, I didn't know the story behind Craigslist. No, was, in 95, Craig Newmark, he actually sent out an email to his friends. Mm-hmm. And it was just highlighting interesting events around uh, the Bay Area, right? And that initial email was sent to like 12, 10 to 12 people. But it grew word of mouth, you know? And then mm-hmm. uh, in 99, you know, he actually started up uh, a server and a, a larger website, right? He <laughs> quit his day job and uh, as a programmer and he turned Craigslist into a company. Now it's like, what, 700 cities, 70 countries all over the world? Yeah. So yeah. Email. From, a, from an e- initial email to 10 to 12 people. But if you've ever been on Craigslist lately, it hasn't changed much, right? Like the way it's laid out and its core um, look and feel is, is essentially unchanged or it seems unchanged from when it was originally put in place. Classified looking ads, very regional based, um, not very graphically pleasing at all. Just really just a list of um, specific uh, things and items and categories. So. You know, they kept it pretty pure. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been on it in years, but there's there has to be some success to it for keeping it simplistic in their approach mm. for it to have such a long shelf life, especially with, with that many users, right? 
Yeah, it's like Kijiji evolved from it. It's interesting how that happens sometimes where you have these uh, OG um, buy and sell platforms. And I, you know what, Kijiji is really the only one that I know of, aside from Facebook Marketplace, which is you know, pretty prominent with a lot of distribution and uh, eyes and attention. It's really like there's let go, you know, there's a bunch of them. And again, that's maybe well, not, not, not anymore. Let go got let go in Canada. Right? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> got shown the door, get out. It got, got, it got let out. Yeah. Um, no, it's, but, you, but you see like this stuff doesn't catch on. Like it doesn't, um, it's not easily adopted. Um, sometimes it's not necessarily the best platform, but the easiest to use and the most intuitive that wins the day, right? Um, you know, we don't want to do uh, a beta, beta max VHS overview, right? But uh, people know the story if they know the story, um, as it relates to sometimes the best technology doesn't necessarily win. It's the easiest to use and the most widely distributed that wins the day. Yeah. So if you had to start over, if you have to do a side hustle, or maybe you got a couple side hustles in the mix, who knows? Why don't you enlighten us? Well, no, I don't have any currently. Um, but uh, you have zero side hustles? Um, Hold, hold on, I'm done. What? Or you just well, don't have any side hustles that you want to share? Yeah, well, I, I do a little bit of IPTV stuff, but I'm not primarily involved in that. And I don't know if I can necessarily talk about that here, if you know what I mean. Um, but in terms of, yeah, like side hustle, like working um, outside of my core like job and the things that I do. Yeah, I've pared it down a bit. You know, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit about that in the work-life uh, balance, work-life integration stuff, but I've, I've paired it back. Um, you know, I, I was definitely looking at doing something in the real estate sphere, like whether it be investing or whether it be fixing up properties or, or something to that degree, um, or getting into something a little bit more um, interactive where it's either online or um, it's non, doesn't take away too much time. But yeah, like the, the primary hustle has really eaten up all the side hustles and um, the side hustles allow me or allowed me a little bit to integrate pieces of it together. <laughs> you could almost say that the business we run to a less degree has a bunch of side hustles integrated into it. Right. Um, you know, like for example, the core business that we run sells SIM cards and data to um, across the major networks, but we're also doing hardware. We're also doing, we're also doing uh, implementation. We're also doing mobile device management and security. We're doing secure networks. So it it's, I guess the wrong way of saying it's a it's an actual uh, side hustle is just more of a business operating. You're increasing um, the breadth of services offered. Yeah, right. Yeah, so not, you're, not adding, you're adding you're adding pieces to the puzzle. Yeah, yeah, no, no, most definitely. Um, so how do you come up with those pieces to the puzzle? Is it based on customer need? Um, a lot of times, yeah, it's based on customers um, giving us an opportunity to work with them on a new initiative or project, and then us just taking it and running with it saying, you know what, this is, there's a business here, there's financial benefit, not only to the customer that we're working with, because obviously it's something they brought to us, but also our business. Like we can take this to four other customers that we know and show them the benefits of doing it the way that we're proposing or that the other customer in their industry using the same products and services is looking to do it. So you, you really um, get into a position where you start off with a customer that maybe um, brought you to the dance. And then from there, you look at what opportunities there, there are outside of that and then you to start pushing those ideas to other customers who may be interested in the same concepts um not so much a business model because it, it's very uh, organic like you're just switching on the fly and you're moving you're changing swimming like uh, the tide but um what it's given is the opportunity to really explore learn fail fast yeah. um you know like i can i can tell you one of the side hustles that we did have was selling accessories right 
uh, for four or five months or so, I was buying, um, let's say, open box um, customer return inventory in the accessory space. So, you know, like a case for your S5 or S9 or um, headphones, you know, clean headphones, not <laughs> the ones that have been used for a week. Um, all these other accessories for mobile devices, basically. And then sometimes there'd be some consumer electronics mixed in there. So we were hitting Facebook Marketplace, we're hitting Kijiji, we're hitting all these other places. We even found a, a good auction site in the US where we were moving this gear and this product. And yeah, it turned into a side hustle. We had a storage locker full of like accessories and products and we went pretty deep on it. But at, at the end of the day, it was one of those decisions where what's your core? Where do you make your revenue? And how much time are you spending for return on revenue? And it was one of those situations that didn't add up. Like we couldn't, couldn't make money in the play in, in it to uh, couldn't, couldn't aggressively or logically attach the time spent to the revenue generated to the cost of buying the equipment and goods because you're buying stuff in bulk without no value. And because the sellers of it were starting to increase the value of the products that we were purchasing, it started becoming like, okay, instead of buying them for 1500, now you're buying them for 1700. Now you're buying them for 2,500. You're buying them for $2,000. So the price of the service kept going up. Um, so there wasn't really an opportunity to uh, monetize. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, um, side hustles has always been something that's, um, that's been a part of the, uh, the Prasad legacy. You know, I think uh, there's always been an opportunity for for me to help with clients in some degree or capacity. And I think that has a lot to do with um, your legacy mm-hmm. when you've been known for doing certain things. Yeah. Um, even if you move uh, industries, for example, right? Like I still have clients from my educational uh, sector that are reaching out for mm-hmm. other applications, right? Um, yeah. So it's always nice on that front. I mean, I remember I had clients that were, were looking for um, commercial property at one point or um, um, business lawyers, right? And yeah. these are these are not anything in my realm or area of expertise. Uh, although I have the network in order to make the introductions and to bridge a call or, or, or foster, a, um, foster an initial meeting or discovery of some sort. Yeah, but uh, you know they say when when a client reaches out to you uh, for something that's outside of the core of your business, then you know yeah. it's a true client, right? Because then you've already developed and established that relationship in order for you to recommend other individuals and yeah. or um, services for their for their business. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good point that I want to jump in on because I think there's something there as it relates to when do you say no to a customer? And again, this is. I'm partially saying this because I have a story to, uh, <laughs> to, to offer, but um, the question I'll ask you is when do you say no to an idea, to um, a request coming through? Like what process do you go weighing, whether it's something you need to get involved in or you need to pass to somebody within your network? And then once you do that, how do you make sure that the quality that you're expecting or the person who's come to you is expecting is maintained? Like what's your thought process behind that if, if you're ever put in that position yeah i mean realistically if i haven't done it i'm not going to do it like i'm not one of those guys that's going to be able to sort of make it till you make it 
Yeah, I, I don't. That's not part of my repertoire, man. You know, if mm -hmm. I can't if I can't speak in front of a thousand people about a specific topic, I'm not even going to bother entertaining it. Nor am I going to pretend to know or mislead the client because at the end of the day, it's mm -hmm. not my money that's doing yeah. that, right? And anytime I'm working with a client to ensure that they're getting the best value or the best solution. I mm -hmm. always put myself in their shoes to be like, okay, if this was my investment, how would I want this to be orchestrated, right? So gotcha. I, I tell them from the outset, right? I'll either bring a, a vetted partner into the mix, being 100% transparent. Uh, no one wants to be lied to, right? Like, how do you build How do you build relationships off lies? It just doesn't happen. Well, exactly. So, Counterintuitive, uh, actually. Yeah, for me, I, I, I look at it in the sense that if I'm, I mean, and it's not to say that I'm, I'm fearful of not going down a specific uh, journey or road with a client, if they know from the beginning that this is uncharted territories and we're going to figure this out together and they're open to that, perfect. That's a great, great way to, to, to find a solution, right? Because yeah. they're open to A-B testing. They're, you're not sure what the expectations are because, mm -hmm. and they're probably going to be getting it at a different price point because they know you're not a quote unquote subject matter expert in that particular realm, right? Um, yeah. Trust is a big one there. I, I think you, in your answer there, I think that was one of the things that you commented on is that having the customer trust that if you're both on this journey together, you both have skin in the game. Um, well, maybe not even both have skin in the game. They have more skin in the game, but the skin that you're providing or the input you're providing is your expertise, your openness, and the ability to, it's almost like the, um, you know, the, you know, 10% more than they know. So then by default, you're an expert, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that comes into play sometimes depending on what it is um, with a, with a customer colleague, especially from a former life. So say, for example, you worked uh, with a customer and you provided all of their, again, I'll know some, you something I know, mobile phones, like you're their mobile phone guy. You got them all their cell phones, all their data sticks, all their cell phone stuff. And then one day they come to you and say, Hey, you know what? Um, I need help with two-way radios. It's like, well, I don't know anything about two-way radios, but I'm one step closer to knowing about two-way radios than you. So let me help out. I think the, the point that I want to make here and the thing that I'm always careful with in these situations is the money part, right? Because if the client is expecting me, and again, I do this terribly, so I'm going to you know, be completely transparent on it. Um, if the client's saying, I need your help with this, I know about five out of 10, you're probably a seven out of 10 in the realm of knowledge. So I need your extra 2% to help me get over the hump to get this done. So I sometimes will provide the guidance and the overview without anything, with no strings attached, just as a, a favor to that individual. Um, where you need to be careful and, and where I should be more careful as an individual is the fact that it's time for money. So as soon as I make the extra phone call, do the extra connection, I'm spending time to help that person get their extra 2%. The problem though, is how do you ask them to pay for that time? <laughs> it's an awkward conversation. I, I don't know if that's been something you've bridged before and you said, Hey, you know what, this is going to be 16 hours of my time. So, you know, normally, normally my rate is 120, 150 bucks an hour, but here's what I'll do for you. Like, it, does that get awkward though? Like, give me a lens on like the Neil Prasad uh, perspective on that. It, or have you done that before? It's a really good question. I mean, you mm. know, we, we, I think we've both had experience with that um, recently to some degree. 
And, uh, but more specifically, I think you have to set the, uh, the precedent early, right? Like if someone's mm-hmm. coming to you for free information, it can be a great point. Okay, so a couple of years back, I was, um, I, 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 I'd set out on this particular journey mm-hmm. to put money to the wayside, okay? I'm working, no problem. Uh, I'm getting paid, the deals are coming in, business is great, things are moving at a rapid pace. And I said to myself uh, on year two of this journey that I would, uh, I would set out a goal to help a thousand businesses for that particular year. Help, sure. Take your your justification or your interpretation of help. Right? Is that free advice? Is that consulting? Is that uh, you know? Is that uh, volunteering on a board? Is that getting involved in an initiative? Is that aiding the youth? Is that helping on you know, what you name it? Whatever the help. Was the word help, like yeah, whatever you define it as, basically. For me personally, I'm I'm a firm believer in karma, right? So what you put out is what you receive, and eventually, if somebody's coming to you for information and they see you as a valuable resource, but in your mind you're like this person is just pumping me for information, it's there's Google, like, I mean, it's the number one resource that's out there and available yeah. to everybody in the palm of their hands or a, yeah. a keystroke away in finger t- fingertips, right? So, yeah. you know, for them to come to you should position yourself as uh, an expert to some degree, right? Yeah. Now, whether you, you know, that floats your boat as far as being an influencer in their mind um, because they're looking to validate something mm-hmm. or they're, they're seeking inside information or perhaps another opinion. Um, but if you're on the other end of the coin or the other side of the table and you're like, well, you know what, like, this is what I do for a living. I should be getting paid. Then you should be setting that bar or setting those expectations from the beginning. Right. Yeah. Like my first call then if that was the continuous habit would be like, is this a, uh, is this a business call? Or is this a, a, hey, can we chat? Um, I got some things that I want to bounce off you kind of call. If it's the latter and it's your nine to five or your primary hours, I would just quickly just move that conversation to the wayside and be like, listen, I'm on the clock right now. I got I got something, certain things. I know you block time. Like we're both a big proponent of blocking time in order to execute on certain yeah. initiatives. Um, yeah. But if it's during those hours, I'd be like, Listen, I gotta call you back after or X Y Z. Right? If you if this is still a burning topic, let's it's chat. Then it, it's easier said than done. And and I know you're you're like me, where um, you believe in karma and you believe in gratitude. If you put it out there in the world for helping people and you need help, chances are you're gonna get that help back. Right? It's kind of that giving and get. You put it into the universe to hopefully not necessarily receive anything in return, but for the um, promise that if you do need something, it could maybe fall in your lap. Um, but getting, separating yourself from that, that business, because people come to you for referrals, right? Or not, not referrals, they come to you for expertise and, and sometimes a referral. Um, the, the tough part is then once you've made that referral to follow that tail through. So, you know, you, for example, somebody comes to you, Hey, Neil, you did a great job with your basement. I need a guy who do my basement. You're like, Oh yeah. You know, I know Terry, let me get you Terry's number. You get Terry's number, but then do you call Terry and say, Hey, Terry, I just give you a lead, you know, flip me 50 bucks. I don't do that. Like what, what's, is, what's, what's your relationship with Terry? He's a, he's a guy who maybe did work for me in the past, right? Like, not like a guy that I grew up with, but I'm, I'm fishing him business. So Listen, people double dip all the time, man. It all depends yeah. on the types of relationships that you want to have, right? Yeah. So if, if Terry comes back to you and, and he's, he's building out his fleet, the next thing you know, he needs, 
you know, 10 phones and, and 10 iPads or, or, yeah. or 10 modules to cover his uh, inventory, and yeah. you're monitoring that on a data plan, then Terry's your guy. You're going to refer him business all, all day long, right? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I think as, as business people, and I'm going to start trying to do this a little bit more, um, is don't ask, uh, or sorry, ask without expectation of them doing anything. So for example, same scenario, Hey, Terry, here's my buddy, Jim, he needs his basement done and I'll make sure um, to take care of him because I'm going to tell Jim that you're a good guy. And then obviously from there you say, well, you know what, Terry, it's, uh, it's probably hard to find business. So, you know, this is what I do. Like I'm in the business of doing data and services like that. So if you got anything for me, flip back over to me, I'd appreciate it. So it's almost like but you're, you know what, like, honestly, like, bro, I don't know. Like, what, what do you I, think I of that? I, I, you know, if, if you have to, if you have to actually stop and think about that for a moment in your mm. circle, you need to find it in Terry, right? Mm. Because like, if you got to come back to Terry and remind him about what you do and how you do it and who you serve, mm. Terry's not your friend, bro. Like Terry's, Terry's not it there. He's not there, man. Yeah. And if he's not there, then he needs to be coached to be there. Right. But he's looking out for himself. Right. I don't know about you, but I try to surround myself with like-minded individuals that are mm. reciprocal in their offer to give, not take, right? So like, it's hard, it's hard. And that's why you pay what you pay when you're working with a consultant or a subject yeah. matter expert is because the network that they've created is gonna be at par or if not better than what they're able to deliver for you personally, right? Now, mm. not all, not everyone's committed, like created equal. Like we know that not all agencies are created equal. Not all services are created equal. You know, salespeople 100%. at the worst is going to be like by far <laughs> the worst credibility ever. Um, I mean, yeah. gonna, I'm going to get some backlash from that or whatever. I, I stand on my own two feet um, as far as them being credible and yeah. uh, saying certain things or doing certain things just to close a deal. But at, this, at the end of the day, if they're not cut from the same cloth, man, they get cut real quick. I have no problem doing that. You know, it's just. Yeah. There's so many other individuals out there and you just got to find, and I've done that already. You trim the fat, man, right? Yeah, no, I, I think there's, there's, there's value in that. And it, there's definitely um, a lesson to be learned there as it relates to um, the keeping the circle tight and, and letting people know what you do. Maybe not even as a prerequisite to you doing anything for them, but I think that whole setting yourself up without an expectation of anything in return is always a good strategy regardless of what I just said about positioning what you do, oh, I shouldn't do that, positioning what you do to the people that you're referring business to. And like you said, if they care to know and they appreciate what you do, truly appreciate what you do, then you don't need to remind them. Yeah, but I get, I get your point. Don't, I'm it. not trying to discredit it at all, right? Like, I mean, I, I've been on the same type of call recently and speaking to another colleague non-compete in, in different services and then they're telling me about a colleague that was looking for somebody to do their website or look manage their social media or look for paid ads and i'm like hey man remember me the the digital marketing guy that kind of knows some things about this i've been i've been kind of doing it over there for a while like why didn't you even call me and they're like yeah. Oh, oh yeah you know like so i'm like okay that's that's on me because obviously i didn't do a proper job to yeah, yeah. create a personal brand for them to put two and two together so that I was going to be the one as far as taking up that space in their mind of insert service or product offering here and association yeah. with my name, 
right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't look at it on them. I'm like, shit, that's my, that's my bad. You know, like that's I'm not speaking my truth. I'm not speaking my um, individualism and, and my capabilities on a regular basis. But I, again, and we'll get into the work-life integration conversation in a second, but it, it, you, you sometimes, and, and I'm, I get this from my family, whether it's, uh, you know, tongue in cheek or out of respect or whatever the case may be, is you could only speak your brand and your truth to a certain degree before people are either rolling their eyes at you or they're getting a little bit more, um, not fed up, but they're, they're getting their full dosage of, uh, of your spin. So I, I'm, I'm super careful about it. Like I don't tell people what I do all the time. I'm not always preaching the preach because, you know, the humbleness, I think that I try to bring forward is really just, you know, I'm a business guy, you know, I'm doing something that I enjoy doing. Um, you know, I, I try to keep a, a low profile, but in today's world, and, and maybe from a digital marketing lens, you can either um, debunk what I'm trying to say. Um, if people don't know, people aren't going to buy. And if people aren't going to buy, you're not going to be in business for long. And you can only depend on referrals and word of mouth to a certain degree. So I, I don't know, get, what's the digital marketing spin on that? Am, am I speaking gospel or am I speaking garbage? Like what, <laughs> what do you, uh, uh, listen, there's companies that are just built on referrals, right? Like mm. word of mouth marketing since the dawn of time is, has been the, the, the number one seed uh, for organizations to succeed, right? So that's mm. never going to die. It's not going anywhere. Um, mm. What you should be looking at is exploring the, the paid, earned, and owned media sources in mm. order for you okay. to drive and, and excel, right? So... Um, what percentage of your business, if you're reinvest, if you're investing back into your business, whether it's going to be on, you know, expanding staff, um, seeking new space, or or looking at um, uh, advertising, right? Mm -hmm. What percentage is going back into the funnel, right? Uh, if you're not doing that, then that's number one. If you're not advertising, right? If you're not advertising, then you can just. It's like I, I think it was. I can't even remember the quote now. I don't know if it was Ogilvy, but they were saying like uh, stopping advertising is like it's like to save time. Oh, geez, it's gone in anymore. Yeah, it's gonna. As soon as you you get off the train, it's gonna come right to you, yeah. and you're like, oh, it was. Yeah, well, this guy said this. Yeah, it, it's crazy, though, right? Like they yeah. people want business, but they're like, uh, how do I get in business? And they think just because so like there's all these free tools that are available to us, mm. right? There's free promotional tools that are available at our disposal anytime you want it. Facebook, Instagram, right? Twitter, yeah. LinkedIn. Like all of these are free, bro, right? So yeah. what's the content strategy for you to execute in order for you to grow your business? How many online networking events are you participating with that are new markets that you haven't even been into yet, right? Like we were talking about Clubhouse the other day, right? And being an influencer or not. It's a free that's a free resource right there like these yeah. tools did not exist for people in business you know 20 years back yeah 20 maybe 20 yeah, yeah. Maybe. facebook yeah. was there so uh, but i'm just saying like there's so many opportunities that were not there yesterday right yeah um, you just have to figure out the right formula in order for you to execute in order to catch those eyeballs to deliver what you're what you're selling yeah no, I think uh, I think well, let's um, let's get into the work life integration. But I wanted to just close off the the side hustle conversation by 
um, letting folks know that there's tons of resources available. There's even some authors who've written books about the side hustle, the, the five to nine um, mentality. Um, and if you just even go look on Google, if you're so interested in, in getting into side hustles, they list um, a set of top side hustles you can look at, things like uh, virtual assistants, um, things where you're doing drop ship online, where you're basically buying product from a third-party source, drop shipping it to an end customer by advertising oh. and doing all that stuff. Like there's came across so this much. Guy, came across this guy the other day. The guy oh, okay. Okay, side story. Yeah, okay. Perfect side hustle. Okay. Mm. Are you a writer? Me, no. Me neither, right? Here's mm. an idea. This guy's finding, okay, so according to Amazon, people are downloading anywhere between 50 to 100 ebooks a day. 50 to 100 ebooks a day, ranging anywhere on the price point of $3 to $15. Okay. Mm -hmm. You go to Fiverr, people are animating or illustrating children's books for 15 bucks. A full children's book, a thousand words, right? Wow. Okay. You do the math, you just you line up a, a writer with the illustrator, you do your markup, and you launch your ebook on the same day. No overhead. No. No, there's no there's no paperback. There's no there's yeah. no third party publishing company. There's no royalty fees, right? You're going direct to consumer on a platform that's completely free. All you got to do is set up set up the actual um, infrastructure in order for that to be available, and you're you're starting to make money. Bro, I'm launching it. I'm, I'm going to be starting it soon. I got two kids of my own. I'm going to write my own stories, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to write stories that are related to uh, my background and mm -hmm. where we are here in Canada and how that meshes. I'm sure somebody will read it. For sure. Why wouldn't they? I'm an interesting guy. <laughs> no, I... It, so it's uh, let's mark that here. It's uh, April 5th. And uh, Neil is... Oh, you're going to see the execution his, uh, of... Execution uh, of Side Hustle. He is going to do ebooks um, and he's going to get them digitally animated, you said? Illustrated, no. yeah. Illustrated, okay. Um, okay. And he's going to post those to Amazon's distribution. Want to, know great, want to know a great side hustle that doesn't require any effort but your time? What's that? Garage sales. Garage sales are key. You know what the modern day garage sale is? Kijiji. Facebook Marketplace. Facebook Marketplace is, I use it, man. I'm a big, and, uh, and big user. Right? I like Facebook Marketplace better because you do, you can look at people's profiles a little more closely. Whereas on Kijiji, it's who knows who you are. You're looking at people's profiles, Jay. Well, if I'm selling to them, if I'm buying from them, of course. Diligence, well, my son. Do diligence. It's like, it's like that old adage saying, right? Don't believe everything you read, bro. It's like, don't believe everything you see. You know how many people are commenting as of late? Mm -hmm. Because I'm using this post uh, and this geo-targeting thing for in the lab, right? Mm. And I'm sharing that through Instagram. Instagram in the lab could mean anything. I'm just in the lab. Me in the lab means I'm cooking up ideas and I'm working on something that I need to work on. According to Facebook, in the lab is a location in Baltimore. You know how many family members I have? This is family members. They're messaging me and saying, when did you move to Baltimore? <laughs> <laughs> and my response is my response is a thumbs up because it's like I, if i gotta explain this stuff to you and you don't understand it's just it just takes more time and effort to actually I, it's funny you say that so real talk so real real scenario facebook marketplace so my son bought some uh 
interesting looking uh, Yeezy footwear, let's just say. Okay. And he was communicating with a guy on Facebook Marketplace back and forth, back and forth to sell these shoes. Mm -hmm. And the guy came up as somebody in the US and he was like, okay, what's your email? All that information, right? So he sent me an authentic looking email with some PayPal logos on it and all the other stuff. But when I clicked on the actual email URL or the email address, it said PayPal verified payments at gmail.com. I was like, done. And then I said to my son, I'm like, Hey, this is how, you know, little old ladies and um, guys who maybe don't read the full caption properly get scammed. Cause basically this guy wants me to ship these shoes to this address in the U S and then I'm going to get my money because I'm verifying the ship to address after I've dropped them off at the, um, the post office and I'll never see those shoes again. And it's a lesson to be learned because this guy was like, I, my son was saying, yeah, you know, he's, he's uh, following up really hard. Um, you know, I looked at his profile and blah, blah, blah. And then I looked at his profile and the dude had a generic name. It was like Roger something. And <laughs> his, his address was somewhere in Arkansas. Um, and his address wasn't even on the PayPal receipt that I got via email. And I was like, yeah. it's a wrap, man. So those are, those are, those are good teachings though, Jay. Like I, yeah. I just had a chat with another family member earlier on uh, last week about uh, the SSL security and locked for ensuring your information and accessing yeah. your, your banking details and an open Wi-Fi. People are like, oh, free Wi-Fi. And next thing you know, there's that unlock symbol and you're, you're all up in your, in your banking thing and you want to know why people are getting access to your information, right? Yeah, 100%. Uh, but those are valuable, those are valuable teachings. That's a pot in itself right there. Like yeah, more, uh, security. Security yeah. 101, right? But yeah. um, we digress. And I know that we're on a quick little time over here. Um, I think we're going to park the actual uh, blurred lines. Yep, work-life right? integration. And, um, yeah. Let's just go right into the uh, the integration piece. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess unless, I'll start. Unless you have bandwidth. Do you have bandwidth for that? or? Um, well, I, I think what I want to do is I want to get a little deeper into that one. I think okay. uh, what I want to pull through is maybe some examples and, and really get into um, not necessarily personal experience, because you know I'm sure you and I have personal experience. Sure. Um, but maybe we want to pull in somebody who we want to talk to about this topic that maybe has some experience either firsthand um, or who does a good job at it. Cause I'm, I'm the first to admit that work-life integration is not my strong suit. Um, you know, it's something that I've been working on for a while to, to make, um, impact with it. Right. Cause when you have work-life integration, it's not so much doing the integration. It's, it's the impact that you have on the people that you're integrating. Right. And, um, when you have a better impact on those folks, you, you definitely see better results. And I, I would like to maybe challenge one of our guests, um, to be determined, um, on that topic in itself. And, and I think we can get some really good um, examples, not just from us, but from um, another educated individual that we bring forward that can, can really speak to the topic. So yeah, let's, let's, let's park. So, so we're parking both. Um, parking both as in what? What do you mean? Um, both of the three points we're, we're addressing just the one today. I, I think- um, I'm cool with it either way. If we're going to close it, then let's close it. I've got a list um, of about five or 10 different resources as far as uh, individuals that can execute on side hustles. And we can close it out there. I'm good. Yeah, let, let's do that. Because I am um, I was doing a little bit of research on different resources too. So, okay. um, you know, like well, fire away. Go ahead. 
No, no, go ahead. You first. Okay. Well, no, my um, my resources were really just around ideas around side hustle, right? There, sure. there are some books out there. One called The Side Hustle. Um, the, you know author, the author. I have to, what's that? You know the author? I'm going. I have it right here on my iPad. Um, but the benefit of the book is I kind of read the uh, the back cover, and it's really just talking about. Hold on, it's got to see my face here. Close enough now. Um, by Chris um, Gilbro Gilbro. So I don't know how to spell that. Gilbo, and it's B-A-U-E at the end. Sounds French. Um, so the benefit of that book, from what I read on the back cover, is it's just really inspiring you to take an idea that you have that has some financial um, possibilities and really working that into something that's going to generate long sustaining income after you quit your full-time job. So um, interesting um, side hustle book. Didn't Haven't read the book yet. Um, but definitely a very interesting overview and approach to the side of hustle concept. So that's just the one. So what resources did you uh, come across in your? Uh, well, we just looked at the buy and sell sort of technique, right? Um, yeah. So look at Facebook Marketplace, look at Instagram. Uh, you know how many groups I'm involved with on Facebook that are just mm -hmm. giving away free stuff? I have three bikes for my kids right now, and they can't even ride a bike without training wheels. Um, so, but I just saved myself 300 bucks, right? So the, I'm not reselling them, but I'm just giving you an idea. Those, those bikes are free. Um, and I was able to collect them locally and there could be other opportunities. If you're not in your local region, maybe you're looking at other regions and people yeah. are giving away stuff and you happen to be a handyman or a handy person. Um, I see numerous, you know, furniture that just needs a little bit of touch up as far as finishings are concerned, like there's a whole series on HDTV yeah, around yeah. garage bros or, or something like that. Yeah, or, garage or garbage bros or well, something. Like that. See, see, the th thing with um, retail arbitrage or whatever they call it, where you're buying stuff at X dollars and you're reselling it at Y, and generally that marketplace you're reselling it is on Amazon. Um, if you have this, if you, Amazon, that was another thing that was kind of a side hustle with all the accessories we bought. We'd list them on Amazon and we'd send them to Amazon's warehouse here in, um, in the general Toronto area. And we sold a lot of stuff. Like we were at, we were one of the, um, we had a bunch of good reviews. We sold, you know, a couple hundred, well, I'd say a couple hundred thousand, maybe the 10 or $15,000 worth of uh, equipment on there. And these are cases like a dollar, $2, $3, et cetera, and cables as well. So we had a pretty um, good run at that as part of the iLeague X days. And um, one thing that we wanted to look into is basically watching the Canadian Tire Flyers, right? Grabbing the things that are 70% off or 80% off because Canadian Tire gets nutty sometimes and then listing that stuff on Amazon. Um, so there was opportunities, like for example, I found like a buck hunting knife that was I think $17 at Amazon or sorry, at uh, Canadian Tire. And there was comparables that were going online for 35 bucks. So I was doubling my money. Um, but again, because it's a dangerous item, there's a whole bunch of other criteria and stuff you have to abide by and rules and regulations and, um, different things. You can't just list, uh, you know, a handgun or a knife on there and just ship it to a buyer in uh, Canada, right. Or even in the U S. Um, so I implore anybody who is looking to do a side hustle that involves retail where you're selling it on formal channels like Amazon to do your homework. But to your point, Neil, the Facebook marketplace and doing some of the garage sale war stuff. So buying something that you see of value, adding a little bit of pain on it on Facebook marketplace, and then reposting that thing almost on the same channel within the same day, make yourself 50, 60 bucks, local pickup, local drop-off. I'm talking free, bro. You know how many things are free? 
if you, yeah. I honestly, just scroll, you'll see. There's so many things that are on free there. And if you have time and you're the currency, looking man. for an opportunity, like no, nothing better than free. So anyways, that's my one. Um, I think we all know about, uh, you know, it's again, it's your time, right? But all of these side hustles are going to be time, but uh, time Uber, Lyft, right? Like these yeah. are, these are, these are side hustles, right? Um, Effectively, yeah. All the Uber stuff, guys who are doing Uber um, and skip the dishes and all that stuff, those are not uh, primary streams of revenue for some, but some of it is, right? Some of them, yeah. they do skip an Uber. That's all they do. Um, yeah. You know, pandemic has really uh, allowed a lot of people to shift sometimes from their primary job to the side hustle being their primary job. So um, that's one thing, you know, and I guess I'll close with this and then I'll be quiet, but or we'll move on. But um one thing I've always maintained when I was working full-time and I had a you know nine to five job and I was, you know, corporate guy, suit and tie, all that stuff is you always got to have something in your back pocket. Now, whether it's another interest, it's another job, it's another opportunity, it's another industry you're interested in, something that you're doing on the side with a buddy or a pal, like, you know, you always got to have something in your back pocket because if you're a corporate guy um, and you're watching this pod or just in life, that chair can be pulled from you at any time. Like no matter how good you are or how revered you are or how good you are at your job, things happen. And if you're like left flat footed and you don't really know how to pivot, how to move, how to, you know, exist in this world, you're going to have problems, right? You're going to maybe have a little bit of a slow ramp to get back on the horse, or you're going to have a harder opportunity to get back into that corporate world because you're so high leveraged into that corporate job. You know, you see it all the time. People have put their whole lives and their whole um, existence into a job. And then all of a sudden, poof, the job's gone. Recession, um, you know, business crash. You can, you know, from a salesperson perspective, if you're in sales, all of a sudden they could change markets and all of a sudden you're out. Anything can happen, man. A pandemic, you know, <laughs> anything can happen. So you really, from a side hustle perspective, I'll leave our viewers with, uh, or listeners, with the fact that the side hustle um keeps you nimble. The side hustle keeps you organic and it keeps you flexible to be able to pivot when shit goes sideways. That's my close. What do you got, Neil? No, I think, I think that's, I think that's great. Okay. I, I don't even have anything to add to it, to be it's honest. that good? It's that good? Well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm happy with it. It's late and, you know, I just, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's late. I, I can't muster up the energy to say anything. But no, 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 substance here. So I'm going to let you have that, Jason. Oh, no, it's good. It's, it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, the only, the only, the only critique is I wouldn't um, pigeonhole that just for corporate. Because regardless, mm, like yeah. no one, you never know when yeah. things are going to change. And, you know, there's, there's no such thing as um, security. I don't Not care if it's world, corporate no. or if it's if it's um, if it's a small medium sized work, right? Uh, you just you have to get, uh, and I think for those uh, people understand that. I think for the most part, um, I think people get caught up with the the hesitations of oh, what is what are what are my friends and family going to think, or how much time is this really going to cost, and is it going to be a benefit for me? What's what's the uh, what's the likelihood that I'm going to be profitable? You know, um, can I do this? I think the the the, the uh, imposter syndrome, yeah, and self doubt for sure. Yeah. As far as like, is this going to be successful? Is this a thing? How are people going to look at me if I do that? Right? Like, I think um, my family going to think, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, those those to me are more 
challenges and obstacles that people might be battling with, I would say, um, or the mere fact that they'd rather just sit down and binge Netflix and complain, right? And those people are never going to be even entertaining that particular discussion as far as side hustle. There'll be people that want to talk about it, and that's all they do is just talk, right? Mm. Um, but, you know, for the most part, it's it's the action, right? Yep, definitely. Well, we're going to wrap. Um, yeah. And uh, what's the magic words that we always say at the end? You know, you're very good at this. What do you want people to do? You know, that's a great point. So I appreciate everyone that's taking the time to uh, listen to us here today. And if you're viewing us, um, we hope that you brought some value here. Uh, if you did find some value, please do like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, smash that like button. It means a, a great deal to the algorithm for uh, YouTube. So we appreciate that. But also if you means a lot to us too, hundred percent, but if you could also tag somebody in the comments and if you could let us know what the, the key takeaways that you found useful on the comments, that would be helpful. Um, both Jay and I can be reached via email at uh, hustle mode is on gmail.com. So feel free to drop us a line there. If you have any ideas or constructive criticism, um, we're always a phone call or email away and happy to connect. Uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, uh, we appreciate you joining us and we look forward to further conversations. I think we're going to be introducing a few guests down the road for the next couple of weeks. That's going to be coming into the fold and uh, we'll keep you abreast of how things are or topics that we're going to be sharing as far as area of expertise and various industries that are coming down the pipe. So stay tuned. Uh, awesome work.